Genre. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one friendly neighborhood minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. <laughs> I'm Zach Luna. And I'm Jonathan Carlyle from the Princess Bride Minute. And I'm Stephen Lasto, also from the Princess Bride Minute. Welcome, guys. Well, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to have you guys. All right. Well, today we are talking about Minute 56. Which starts with uh, a couple of cops saying, get a load of this. <laughs> and uh, we see some thieves on a web. You might say, just like flies. <laughs> um, and ends with uh, J. Jonah Jameson telling Robbie Robertson that Spider-Man is a public menace. Oh, boy. We're in the thick of it yeah. now, guys. This is... This is the Spider-Man universe proper. Uh, should oh, we start? boy. <laughs> should we start with this diamond heist, I guess? The, uh, the big yeah. image of um, the web. <laughs> well, well, okay. So, so the web is great, but mm. the th- I, we have to talk about the thieves who are just like, if somebody said, draw a cartoon of what, of what diamond <laughs> thieves look like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think this is what I would draw. Um, uh, even, even the, even the midriff, the, on the, on the female, uh, <laughs> diamond, it's, it's just, it's hilarious. And I want to know, were they trying to rob the diamond store or were they trying to steal that giant diamond? that's like <laughs> up at the, the top, top of, of that pole. post. Yeah. yeah. They're like, like the going for the that and Spider-Man got them. Yeah. Yeah. They were on their way up, and he just snagged them. Yeah, or did he did he catch them at the diamond place and then purposefully climb up the pole just high enough to spin this new web and then throw them up there? Or, yeah. I mean, it's very involved either way, but <laughs> I, it's just the, like, the, what do you call it? Like, the, the black beanies and the, the midriff and, like, the intense boots and all that, and uh, mm-hmm. just... I've always wondered if... I've always wondered if whenever we, we you see... Um, uh, and this is, I think, our first time seeing like a web, yeah. right? Like we've seen mm-hmm. webbing, but we've never seen a web before totally. uh, in the movie, unless you count like the teaser trailer, which I don't. <laughs> um, so, so I think, I mean, well, I'm just, I'm just, I guess, I'm just wondering, like, what, what, like, what is the process of making this for Peter? <laughs> like it. <laughs> Does does he like shoot out like 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 one strand and then like stretch it out to look like that, or does he like construct this webbing? Oh yeah, like bit by bit. Yeah, he has to, he has to climb yeah. up there and like walk around it for a little bit. And hold on, I'm almost ready. Yeah. 
Like, you tie them up first, like, like cocoon style, and just leave them on the sidewalk while you build this right. second. And then, then you stick them to it and walk away and chuckle to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like, like making a piece of street art, I assume. Um, <laughs> I, there, I mean, there has a, the, been that bit, like, in the comics where, like, if, if somebody's falling, he could, like, very quickly make a parachute-type web sort of thing. So there, there must right. be some sort of inherent, like, uh, instead of just throwing a thin stream, I'm going to throw a big, wide thing. I don't know how that works well, organically. The, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. In the, in the, in the, you know, in the case of the mechanical web shooters, you can explain it away by being like, yeah, he's got different settings, like whatever. Right. Like he's got, you know, web setting and he's got web slinging setting and he's got yeah. ball settings, like what, like whatever. He's yeah. got different settings. But when it's organic, like, does he like, pinch the hole in his wrist in a certain way to get it to do different stuff. Like, I don't, I, maybe I'm, he, I'm baffled. Maybe by he this has to cross the streams or something to get this big web out of there. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That, that could be yeah. Before they work. Yeah. Like before it totally solidifies into the strands. If he just like puts both of his wrists together and they just spread, it's, it's gets weirder and weirder. The longer you think about the organic stuff. It's, but, maybe, I, I think it actually makes I think it actually makes more sense yeah. organically because he's got all these inherent skills of a mm-hmm. spider. Spiders do do this inherently. Yeah. He just does it as a human doing spider things inherently. So he's naturally acquired this this ability to spin. Yeah, but he's he's got to do it a lot faster than what spiders um, actually do, though. Too. True. Right. Yeah, because they take a well, while. He's much. He's much bigger. <laughs> so he's, maybe it's he's like, much bigger. Maybe he doesn't have to think about it like in terms of the setting or whatever. Like maybe it's just like once he learned how to shoot webs, all the you know all that practice he did in Aunt May's room. Maybe he learned if he's like tensing the fingers harder in one way, a a different web happens. You know, like the way that when you're talking or singing, you can with effort make your voice higher or lower, but you couldn't like say, okay, how do I hit a note that's like this scale? You just do it, you know. So maybe the, the muscle control is inherent to something with the hands like riding, riding a bike? yeah riding a bike spinning a web you never that's forget a, that, that's a good point i mean i guess it's hard to know because we can't do it so who, who knows <laughs> right. what it feels like to be able to do that and yeah i mean you know i don't know part of part, um, of, uh, part of his powers have always been kind of like a little bit of the instinct part i guess they, they play around with yeah. that, uh, whether you know it kind of comes and goes but but i imagine a lot of right. the web like how much stuff of his acrobatic just, skill yeah yeah, yeah. Inherent, like, yeah, I, I had to do that, and I reacted, and it happened, type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I do. I really like this setup because I can picture what happened to a certain extent. Like he set up <laughs> this webbing, and then like maybe they were running out of the diamond exchange, and he just like threw, he picked them up and threw them. He got the drop on them and just threw them into the web. And now they're just there. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, <laughs> and, and I, I, I like that. Uh, I think that's, uh, I don't know. It's cool how this like little, I really like this little scene. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about, um, last week and the week before we, we've talked a lot about, uh, uh, sort of the old school Hollywood, uh, going on Feel. in this movie with yeah. like backlots and things like that, and this is definitely um, this definitely continues that feeling of you know uh, movies that they don't really make anymore. Um, yeah, and I, uh, I I really I just really like this uh, this feeling. So I love the tone of it. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that because I, I completely agree with you, but at the same time, like watching this minute, all I could think was they're writing the they're writing the outline for the Mar- what the Marvel Cinematic Universe would look one day, the co- how they introduce different mm. pieces of the characters from you know from what we remember them in comic mm-hmm. books, how they how they cut between things, the voice overlays, and all I do is go, oh, this makes me feel so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. It's you can see. Uh, you can see the landscape shifting as you're watching it. You're like, oh, oh, yeah, we, we've we've entered into new territory at this point, which is fun. And this is a nice little example. Um, it feels like a side comic, you know, thing, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, speaking of new territory, uh, we get our first really good glimpse of Spider-Man in his yeah. full costume. Uh, full body. You know, coming sunlight. around a building. Uh, yeah. Like, are you I, are you going to be talking about the costume? Uh, I would love to. Today? Yeah, I don't uh, know if, if we should save it for now or maybe later when we get like a good close up on the webbing and things like that. But I mean, this is like a frame I mean, of the it's movie. All in the same minute, life, right? Really. Yeah, it's all in the same minute. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, this we've had teases of it before. We've had you know mentions of it. We've had the drawing before. We've had you know ideas of oh Spider Man, Spider Man is going to be. And this is the first time that's not. You know, CCTV footage of somebody robbing something. This is the full suit mm-hmm. in its full glory. This this is the CGI version, obviously. This is the um, the digital version of the suit. But uh, it, it stands to reason that it's probably worth at least talking about. I mean, this is a thing that I've been holding on to for, for months now. The, uh, the, the, the knowledge of what it is like to make these spider suits and wear them and exist in them. Uh, this basically was a minute of, of a film that changed my life and that because of this movie and and going and seeking out the how-to book of trying to learn how they made it and, uh, you know, gaining some rudimentary skills in costume making from that, that I eventually was able to, you know, book work in Los Angeles building superhero costumes. You know, I've, I've worked at a couple different shops here in L.A. where we, you know, I have had my hands on stuff for several of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films and the DCEU films, and I'm in and around it all the time. And it's funny to, like, look at this and say, that's the frame that sort of put me on this on this fun path. So if, if you guys want, I could do, like, now a big sort of info dump on how you actually make this spider suit in this movie and and how they accomplished it if that's you know a, a good place to put it down because there's no real easy point because he's usually um so fast you know streaking by like a, a streak of light mm-hmm. at the scene of the crime mm-hmm. <laughs> something along those lines <laughs> I, I mean I, I i mean i i we have a lot to talk about in this yeah. minute but yeah. um i i mean i don't i i feel weird about i feel like it would be lackluster to like wait yeah, uh, any, any longer now that we're because like this is the first appearance of the full costume so it is. like yeah. bring it let's do okay, it okay totally okay so this uh this costume uh was i guess the, the first bit of like credit that needs to go originally is to uh jim atchison or james atchison who is the um costume designer on the film a multiple oscar winner uh jim ask uh atchison who's originally from the uk and got his start in uh, doctor who and things like that and but was still a big spider-man fan and knew a lot about the character and uh so he's the lead designer on it and came to it with uh the ideas and the you know was leading the charge but most of the actual work work done on the suit was a combination between studio adi here in los angeles who i've not worked directly for but i did work on a joint project with them where the shop i was working at was building um fabric pieces for hard pieces that Studio ADI was making. Um, and they're a great company. You know, they're 
they do predator stuff and things like that and alien and all sorts of big stuff. Uh, they're more of a monster studio usually. And so they took, um, the charge on the hard, uh, and, um, and molded and cast elements of the suit. So things like the iframes and the inner face shell that holds the shape of his, his head, uh, you know, to look like a comic book and the casting all the webbings that would have been studio ADI. And then, um, John David Ridge incorporated, uh, was, working more on the on the fabric suits but basically what happened was they had a five-month process when they um started coming up with designs and prototypes where they built like a a joint little um like in a warehouse uh a a joint shop for all these different people to come in and collaborate on this the spider-man suit and it was it took about five months to get to the point where they finalized the design and made the first one and then over the course of about a year they continued work on it and craked out about 60 suits uh, for this for this film, wow. which is amazing, and as I sort of mentioned last week, because of the length and scope of that process, and that you do have multiple shops work working in tangent, and multiple specialized designers and fabricators and mold shop technicians, and uh, you know people whose job is just gluing things down, the man hours add up through every single one of those prototypes to almost when you do say the cost of making a suit like this, it's almost an inflated um, number because. Obviously, any one particular suit doesn't literally cost $25,000, although they do cost $25,000 overall. It's the entire process together results in that sort of number. Um, but so basically, uh, the the issue you always have when you're trying to make a superhero suit that looks the way it does in the comics is how to get crisp muscle definition in the suit itself. Because what stretch fabrics want to do is ride from high point to high point. So if you you dress up in... If you're a very ripped person, a great example I usually use is um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Running Man. If you go, like, Google images of Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime, the most action figure-looking man in existence, when you put stretch fabric over him, regular stretch fabric, you can't see any of the muscle definition. And it's Schwarzenegger, you know. Uh, so how do you... A, a lot of the process is how do you work around it. And so the, the idea that was um, developed in collaboration between basically these three... Uh, uh, minds of these studio heads, the uh, the designer Jim Atchison, Studio ADI with Todd Woodruff and Alec Guinness, and John David Ridge, who was a sort of fabric specialist, was they came up with the idea twofold. We're going to, in order to make somebody look as fit as they are without the suit, you have to enhance them because the suit a, a suit will always make you look doughier than you really do because it compresses things down and flattens them out. So. One of the approaches was we're going to build enhanced musculature underneath the suit fabric. And the second approach was we're going to color the suit fabric itself so that it has a sort of trompe l'oeil effect where the fabric pattern um, not only becomes darker and lighter around each of the muscle groups, but also that the um, sort of, you know, that brick pattern that's on all the Spidey suits where there's like not just the webbing, but mm -hmm. there's like a, a, a back and forth little hexagonal um, a, detail texture mm -hmm, on the suits mm -hmm. that that texture itself would be distorted along each surface of the suit so that you look at say spidey's leg for an, for example and around like each of his quads the texture distorts to make it look like the muscle is is protruding more than it actually is so there, it's like a an optical illusion and a um a physical uh a, piece added underneath to sort of get the effect of where you can glance at the character and he looks like an action figure or something like that. So essentially there's mm -hmm. 
uh, an inner suit, which is a, a very thin mesh material uh, on which are glued the individual foam uh, muscle pieces, a sort of, a, a, what do you call it? Foam latex, which is a, a really spongy, stretchy mm -hmm. material. And, and it's, it's like, really weird to, in yeah. behind the scenes <laughs> stuff, uh, yeah. seeing, cause, cause they have behind the scenes stuff of like Toby, it's Toby or maybe like just somebody trying mm. on the costume for Toby or something, but yeah. they're just wearing that part of the costume and just <laughs> sort of like stretching and bounce and like bouncing around. Yeah. And they, they just look like someone ripped their skin off <laughs> and it's really, really disconcerting yeah. and weird. <laughs> Because yes. the first time they ran those suits, uh, the the undersuit with the musculature on it, they just ran it in black because that's what you normally run uh, foam pieces in is black. Uh, but they mm -hmm. the um, the top layer of the suit was stretched so tight over the the musculature that it was starting to show through some of the dark. Uh, it was starting to show the <laughs> right. secondary through through it, and so you could see these like black patches. They're so like, all right, I guess we got to paint the bodysuit red. So that's why it looks doubly like really creepy when you just see the undersuit because it's all red as if he's just been flayed and bleeding or something like that. It's really creepy. yeah. Um, but so I'm essentially, you have... like uh, Buffy season six flashback, <laughs> right? Exactly. Every time I, every time I see that. <laughs> um, but so yeah, so so ADI built these muscle suits, kind of like an like in the Batman series that you would have a rubber muscle suit that looks like the muscles. Um, but instead mm -hmm. of just being one large suit, it was each group was separated out so they could stretch in between and he'd be flexible enough to do backflips and things like that. And then over that, they placed the, the actual fabric costume, which was uh, a milliskin spandex, a very, you know, four way stretch, uh, durable athletic material that was hand silk screened to have all of these muscle patterns on them and things like that. And the thing about this movie, which will change when we get to. Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3 was that it was done all by hand with individual silk screens. And the, the thing to get like a gradient of tone around a muscle group, you have to have like six different um, uh, uh, frames to, you know, print screens to print on, you know, like the way people print T-shirt material, things like that, mm -hmm. that you have to have mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. for each step along that area. And they have to be aligned the same way. And there's, you know, 27 or 30 different individual pieces that have to be done. So the the work involved starts to scale exponentially when you decide, okay, we're going to start with this fabric that is one color and change it to have a gradient by hand. And so that's one of the reasons these suits were so expensive was just the hours and hours of carefully creating this, um, this illusionary, illusionary effect on it. Um, I mean, that's the, wow. the bulk what, of the What's crazy yeah. though about <laughs> the, what's crazy about the, the way that they made the costumes in this Mm -hmm. is that it changed i this is this is this is a weird thing to make a connection to but it's true yeah they changed children's halloween costumes oh, forever yeah. oh yeah oh, because 100%. of this movie yeah because yeah. of this movie all of a sudden you, all children's halloween costumes all like the superhero stuff comes mm -hmm. with muscles like yeah. built into the costume like, sewn in weirdly because you have to, you have to look that way. Right. I mean, it used to be, you would just get like a, I don't know, a jumpsuit that had spiders on it. And that yeah. was, that was it. But right. yeah, this one is uh, a whole lot more elaborate. The one, one other thing I, I, I think I, I would like to, to throw in before we, we move off of this are um, the two things that stand out the most about the suit, I think are, you know, beyond just the, Oh yeah, it generally looks like Spider-Man. 
are the the eye lenses and the raised webbing, which is what people usually have questions about or compare things to. And on this film, at least, you can see in this minute when we get a close-up later on, when they started out production, they still were using black eye lenses um, for uh, for the suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oakley had custom-built these like reflective black um, eye lenses for the suit. And early on, they decided they wanted him to look more friendly and more like the classic Spider-Man, so they switched. But there's still occasionally footage of these really glossy, reflective black lenses. Um, and they switched them out to a, mm-hmm. uh, a clear lens with a steel mesh underneath it, so they reflect fairly, fairly white later in the film. And the trickiest thing about that was that no matter how you make a really clean-looking, you know, sealed-in lens for these suits, because you're trapped in the suit and it's all sealed up around, it fogs up in there, and your vision goes to crap because you can't see because your breath is fogging up the lenses and they tried they built like little tubes um with air so that ink like close-up shots they could he could wear the the mask for long periods and they would just you know um using this this air system pump streams of air that blow away the fog in there but if you try to do that in a, a a wider shot there's like people behind spidey with like tubes and uh (laughs) like pumps and things like that. So instead, the sort of simpler solution they came up with was we'll just have uh, lenses that snap in and out of the of the suit. So you can put on the entire suit, but I can just pop the lenses out. And so when they get foggy, we just pull them out and we put in a new pair that isn't foggy (laughs) in between setups and in between, you know, shots, we can pop them right out and, uh, you know, get the fog to get out of there put them back in afterwards um the the raised webbing was the other one i wanted to touch on which is mostly a um a way to keep the webbing visible in different lighting conditions and also a way to hide the seams of the suit this sort of um critical counterintuitive thing that happens where if you do just make a bodysuit that has no raised elements on it the seams really stand out it doesn't look like it's one piece but if you have raised elements that you know you can glue right over those seams then all of a sudden it seems like it's one magical piece of fabric. And in low light, there's an edge that can be that can be caught and the, the webs are still visible. Because like today, I guess this will be out by the time um, Spider-Man Homecoming is in, is in theaters. You'll notice in some scenes with the, the new Marvel suit with uh, flat webbing on the suit that you can't really see the webbing in certain conditions. It just sort of becomes a, a red uh, landscape there. And uh, people people can sometimes, you know, get a little defensive about it's weird that there's kind of chunky webbing on it but for me after like a minute of watching this film it just disappeared and it just looked like spider-man to me that is my big long spiel Mm -hmm. about uh the construction of the spider-man suit uh i'm sure we'll touch back on it many more times in in the weeks and months to come (laughs) can i throw something in about the lenses i noticed while you were going on yeah um i would i would never have noticed this if you hadn't had all that information but i left it i left Mm -hmm. the the minute um um, paused at like 50 seconds and one of the reasons mm-hmm. I did that was because I, I feel like that shot is sort of one of the DVD cover shots and I love the lighting and how that informed like the just the general um, presentation of the movie in terms of how it was sold to us back in the day um, those are yeah. the those are the Oakley lenses so what I yeah. noticed though yeah, yeah. and I did not notice this the first I did not notice this the first 50 times I watched the minute and I did watch this minute a lot because there's so much in here is uh-huh. and I'm I'm just at minute fifty in the minutes you provided right now. Mm-hmm. Reflected in the lens is the are the twin towers, which were of course yeah. That was movie. in my that was in my notes. This is They're the only there. shot in the entire movie that 
the the twin showers were not removed. And it's because this shot is from the teaser trailer, the World Trade Center teaser trailer mm-hmm. um, that was taken out of theaters after 9-11. Yep. Uh, yeah. And this is the only remaining shot with the World Trade Center in the movie because they actually meticulously removed the World Trade Center from all of the footage. Yeah, um, every landscape. Shot so, so as gone. not to depress anybody. I guess. <laughs> yeah. as, as a New Yorker who was who was downtown during nine eleven and saw a lot of a lot firsthand. I wasn't in the towers or anything, but I was going to school there. Yeah, close yeah. By. Um, yeah. That that to me at the time was a very very good idea. Um, and yeah. I'm I'm glad to see there's something of it here. But the reason I said it's a very good idea is about a month later, the season six premiere of Buffy the Vampire Slayer came on. And in that mm-hmm. premiere, there was a, I don't know if either any of you watched Buffy, but there was a, a scene of a tower <laughs> falling, um, the tower that Buffy oh, had previously right. jumped off of. And I remember yeah. being sort of, vis- vi- vi- not, not horribly disturbed, but being definitely taken out of the show at that point. Um, so yeah. removing mm-hmm. it was all very good idea. But th- this many years later, it's nice to see the, to see them in this scene. I feel, I feel yeah. very, I feel very good yeah. about this. <laughs> Yeah, well, Scott yeah, also, yeah, the, yeah. It's, it's the it's the only shot from the teaser trailer I believe that made it into the the finished film itself. Um, yeah. And I and I'm pretty sure this was footage from the very first uh, costume test footage um, that they shot on film. Yeah, uh, was was this this bit right here? It's like here's the finished product. Let's mm-hmm. shoot this on film, and then they they used it uh, in the uh, in the teaser trailer. Yeah. Um, but you can tell, like even like the webbing isn't even isn't quite straight on yeah, his, <laughs> on, his uh, on on his face. Yeah. yeah, it's a little crooked. So so it's still it's still definitely a test costume test kind of thing. But yeah, pretty um, great. But it it looks yeah. great. In, it's in nice. It's nice that it's in there. Yeah, and it's a good way to keep Oakley happy, who, you know, spent all this money, like, making these lenses, and then they don't end up in the movie. But, hey, look, they're here. They're right here. Yeah, they're showcased. Yeah. It's okay, Oakley. You can even see the little yeah, Oakley logo in the it's corner good. there. No, you can't. Yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> speaking of New York and New Yorkers, uh, this this sequence mm-hmm. that we have here, this sort of little montage of Spider-Man being around town where, and people, you know, uh, talking about... Um, seeing him and whatnot well a detail i mentioned last week that is repeated here when i was looking up identities for these these new yorkers that pop in in these minutes is that a lot of them are um actors that were cast to to play new yorkers but a couple of them and the ones that i love are these like construction workers by the side of the road talking about ropes ropes Mm -hmm. come out and he climbs up the the ropes like a spider were actual people in new york (laughs) city that they just happened upon and and sam ram was like they're great ask them if they'll be in the movie and just point the camera at them and say something about what you saw about uh, Spider-Man. There's something of the texture of that 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 grounds it. And, you know, for all of it existing outside of time, you know, the uh, the old-timey bank heist-looking people and how some of the characters are styled like they are from the 60s and some of them, but some of them have cell phones and things like that. But uh, that this is a bit that really makes it feel like the world we live in like maybe a maybe a kinder, maybe a uh, more colorful world, but a, a version of that world that we live in. I, I just love the texture of these two dudes just being like, yeah, and he mm-hmm. throws up the ropes, <laughs> climbs the ropes like a spider. Yeah. The, these, uh, no, the, I, I love that. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, these two guys <laughs> remind me of like 
maybe a comic book version of like a old George Lucas and Rob Reiner for some reason. Like, as I as, yeah. I as I kept watching it over and over, that's what I was thinking. Totally. I yeah. feel like this is where they would have stuck uh, Stan Lee in, in the movie. Um, the construction. I know he's, he's in there somewhere, but the construction worker on the left in the plaid shirt, I think of. As though I'm surprised they didn't put right. Stan Lee if, there. <laughs> if it was an established tradition at this point, they would have maybe tried to do something a little more like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll put a prominent Stan Lee guy there. But yeah, because I think this was the first movie mm-hmm. that had a Stan Lee cameo in general. We'll talk about it when we get no, to the second, World Unity. No, second, because he's, okay. he's on the beach... Uh, in oh, in X Men, right. when the senator yeah. washes up and he's a mutant, yeah, yeah. he's a jellyfish man um, at that point, yeah. But yeah. right, so I I I first of all, I love the headline: uh, gunman gunman found trapped in goo. Um, <laughs> that's quite the headline. Quite the headline. Did you get, have you guys? Uh, and then, did you guys read into these articles at all? I did a little bit. Yeah, it, it's mostly um, a, a paragraph and a half that just keeps getting repeated. Yeah. But it does uh, say in uh, talking about the diamond thieves, it talks about that there was three of them. Um, oh and, yeah, and I'm oh. I'm assuming that that's that's the same uh, thing that we started this minute with. It, it seems to be right. Yeah, but yeah, I thought I that was that interesting. Oh. Interesting. It says so all maybe there's three a were Marvel one shot um, in here. Yeah, of of the third one who got away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so my favorite of the talking heads, mm-hmm. uh, which I have to point out, like, I love the talking heads because the, it's not n- news. Like, we're not seeing news footage. Yeah. It's just like they're just pointing a movie camera at people and having them talk to the camera. It reminds me of like when Harry met Sally, where there's oh, yeah. no explanation as to why these people are talking directly to the camera, but they just are. In yeah. a normal movie, uh, and that's what that's what well, this, this kind of reminds me of. But my my favorite of them is definitely the uh, the, the New York police officer <laughs> <laughs> who says, uh, "I don't know, he's uh, freaky Lou, wackadoo or something." <laughs> it's just, oh, I just it's my favorite. It reminds me of my grandpa because that's exactly how he would describe things. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's Joseph D'Onofrio, who I should have looked up if he's related to Vincent. Um, but yeah, they. I think he's in the he's in the credits as opinionated cop, which I think is a lovely way to, <laughs> <laughs> to phrase this character. <laughs> so yeah, this to me reads like I don't know if, if 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 any of you have lived in New York. I know Jonathan hasn't, but this to mm-hmm. me is 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 like watching a New York One segment. And for those of you who haven't oh. lived in New York, New York One is our Time Warner our Time Warner cable channel that does the news. And you can, you know, you sort of flip New York one in on the morning and the Time Warner box goes right to it. And you'll see like your friend being talking about some nonsense that happened last night. It's very low budget, very, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of local, a lot of local going, oh yeah, well, I can't believe they did this. It's horrible. You know, Christy, (laughs) yeah, Cuomo. (laughs) Um, That's amazing. And it's, 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 it's very, very true to life. Um, all of it, but uh, my my favorite. If I had to pick a favorite here, I'd say it, it's Lucy Lawless as the eight-handed woman. Oh, totally. Um, and yeah. Yes, that is Lucy Lawless. <laughs> that is Zena herself. Yeah, yeah. No, we've been we've been talking about uh, Lucy Lawless showing up in this movie uh, for a couple of weeks now oh, um, because of then. the the connection that she has to Sam Raimi because Zena was uh, produced by Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. Um, is that so? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why uh, Bruce Campbell and Ted Raimi are both in Xena and Hercules. Yeah. 
Heck yeah. Um, I can't uh, say I've watched Xena or Hercules recently. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's they were they right were uh, they, the yeah, they, both of those shows were produced by Sam Raimi. I, I believe he may have even directed the pilots, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um he definitely produced them though. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh yeah, then we get this uh we get this purse snatcher who for some reason he's it's not enough that he's just going to run by and snatch her purse. He has to push her to the ground, hold a gun <laughs> to her face, snatch the purse away from her from like on the ground. Like, and he's just on the street. It's not even like they're in an alley or something. No. Like he's just doing this on the street. It's broad daylight. Well, welcome to, welcome, welcome to New York. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah. And I and, and it looks like he's cosplaying as Chad Kroger from Nickelback. Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even more so than the Subway guitarist. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they both yeah. have a bit of a, a Nickelback vibe to them. But we get our we we get our first uh, courtesy your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man uh, note. Yeah. And I love how perfectly square it is. <laughs> However. I also love how off-centered the yeah. actual note is, <laughs> yeah. and I love how uh, it looks like it was written on a brick wall because it probably was. Yeah, it's it's, so, uh, it's like, on the back of graph shaky. paper too. Yeah, is, yeah. Is that the same graph yeah. paper he was using earlier? I believe so. Yeah, he mostly the, type writes in all caps. Yeah, like an engineer or something. Like here you go. Maybe it makes it less easy to track your handwriting if you write in all caps. I feel like I heard that on a police procedural once and never checked if it was a real thing. But that, like, like maybe your handwriting is more distinct when you write with small letters rather than capital ones. Totally off base here, but I like the idea. Uh, regardless. The uh, the placement of that on the paper makes me think that he, he may have prepped some of this, like... This might be one corner of the whole sheet, and he actually made a bunch of these notes. <laughs> I mean, like at a... that point, just get business cards made. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I just Who see... has graph paper? <laughs> I just see Peter at, like, the Nerds. Kinko's. Yeah, just, like, he's hand-wrote all these notes, and he's like, oh, I don't have a paper cutter. So he's, like, there, like, using that big machete chop thing, just making all these tiny little fake business cards. <laughs> to hand out and he's, he's like standing. hovering he's like hovering over the xerox so that nobody reads his notes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh it's, he has um, to stay after stay after school to use the teacher's big uh paper schlock oh yeah, yeah that's more go. like it that's better yeah. uh i uh, the one thing that i have to point out about lucy lawless is mm-hmm. uh number one i they did an excellent job of covering up that it's lucy lawless oh, i yeah. mean all, all things oh, considered no like we all know it's lucy lawless but you know, I don't think anyone knew right away, like the first time you saw her, that it was her. No, it was, I didn't. It was sort of like a, like a bit of, a, you know, behind the scenes, like trivia that you would find out later or right. like listening to the commentary or something. But like, yeah, uh, like Glenn Close and Hook or something where it's like, right, oh, isn't that right. fun that that's her? Yeah. I, I love her hair, her hair, her, the wig she's wearing is great. And, but that eye makeup is absurd like just <laughs> absurdly detailed like who would who would spend hours doing that ah uh, you haven't been a part of the goth scene have you yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe not let me talk to you about the punk scene circa 1993 oh yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i mean i i i have i have known women who have done done on this level of my makeup it's a little crazy yeah, yeah. 
Or maybe she knew she was well, going to have the TV interview, so she was like, you know, I'm going to go all out today. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bring my bald friend uh, and really put a stamp on this thing. Yeah, yeah I don't... I certainly didn't know it was Lucy Lawless at first, but I think I was so focused on her that it was a long time before I even noticed the bald girl behind her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the bald girl, what I love about the bald girl is that the shirt she's wearing, she has a she she has a cross cut into the shirt and then it's it's held back together with safety pins. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That yeah, that is that's <laughs> That's some pretty like goth punk rock stuff right there. Uh, big, uh, big Marilyn Manson fan. That one oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> That's uh, it's not officially in the credits, but on IMDb at least, a woman named Margaret Baker has claimed that that's her in that scene as the as the bald extra. So way to go, Margaret! Oh. You had a you had a great great look. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she's. If I read it correctly, she's an artist interested in presenting the world in its best possible light. Definitely. <laughs> Serious. Seriously, it was along those lines. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, love um. It. So who's who's the who who's the lady who almost talks about Peter's butt? <laughs> that's that's another genuine New Yorker, not not credited in. Really? In, yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Just talks about the butt. Just loves it. Wow. Type she is. Lady. She is very straight straight teeth for a genuine person. Right. <laughs> exactly. I, I would so not have guessed that. like she's on the yeah. ferry too, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was just wearing that corsage and they're sure like, hey, let's get her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She looks great. Talk about but... Spider-Man's butt. Yeah. <laughs> That's that tight thing and a tight, and then they cut uh, <laughs> to the subway guitarist. Uh, <laughs> Maybe she got way too excited and they're like, okay, yeah, okay, this just cut, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Just go on a rip. <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> the the subway the subway guitarist. Um, he's my favorite. I love yeah, him. yeah. He's uh, he's a character. This guy. Like, I want to know what led him to where he is now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, this will be my thing this week. You know, I'll get more tips What's if I talk about Spider Man to the degree that the skateboard he rode in on. He has put a decal <laughs> on that says spider power. That's just hanging oh, yeah. over there in the corner next to his amp. <laughs> just like, I'm going to go with the skateboard and the hat and the necklace and the guitar. But why? And bust out my spidey Like, song. why? Why is he like a, it's not even that he's a cow. It's like, he's like a hippie cowboy. Like, what, you, what is this look that he's going for? <laughs> Hang on, you know, we, you know, we have a naked cowboy in New York, right? I mean, yeah. this is nothing. That's a thing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> This is cowboy light for New York at this point. <laughs> cowboy light. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Jace Bartok, One thing cowboy I, light. <laughs> one thing I never noticed about him uh, mm. until getting ready for this uh, show mm. is he shares like a really long eye moment with that first lady that walks by. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's hot. He's going for it. First lady really who looks like uh, looks like an elementary school teacher. With the, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, let me serenade you about the Spider Man for a sec. Uh, you ever, you ever notice that man? No, no women on the planet own as many vests as elementary school <laughs> teachers. That's true. That's so true. many vests and long sleeve shirts. Yeah, oh. maybe it's something about like the the temperature control in a in an elementary school. It's just the right amount of chili <laughs> that you can't wear a full jacket, but you need your arms to gesture. So the vest, you know, the vest. Uh, protects your core, and then you're, <laughs> then you're fine. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's I, probably I, good. 
<laughs> Probably a it's... good way to come up with different costumes every every day, you know, so the sure, kids are yeah. like, you wore that yesterday. Uh, mix and match a vest, yeah. Yep. I, as as goofy as these things are, like the, you know, the street performer singing the little song about Spider-Man, I, I love that detail. It's the thing I don't, I feel like I don't see enough in other superhero movies is people on the street's opinion of the hero in question. Like, normal everyday folks, not just like the, the four or five you know, main characters in the film who are like, I don't know, government officials or something, but like, what do, what do people on the street feel like, feel about these characters? And it's not just an image of them cheering, it's literally them saying words about Spider-Man or making up silly songs about Spider-Man or showing their enthusiasm. I think makes it feel like a populated place and not, we had a few sound stages that we shot on in LA and then we came and, you know, got location footage of mm-hmm. the buildings in New York. It feels like maybe not real New York, but a New York that cares about Spider-Man. These are important. I'm glad they spent time on them, I guess. A a lot of this was was shot in New York City, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm asking, not telling. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, the section we're moving into was uh, had a lot shot on on location in New York. And, you know, the Uncle Ben moment in the car was shot on location in New York. But a lot of the earlier stuff was, you know, backlots at Warner Brothers and Universal Studios in L.A. or the Sony sound stages that used to be the MGM sound stages also here in L.A. for, you know, control and budget and things like that. But mm-hmm. that they do make the effort in this section to get out there for real in New York. I love that. I, I love the way it feels. So, so yeah, I think, uh, I mean, we've got, we've got uh, Jonah. Um, yeah, we do. But I think we're going to save that for tomorrow and really talk about that because it's, the majority of the time is spent staring at the cover to the Daily Bugle. Yeah. Um, so, so we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the Daily Bugle and, and everybody in there tomorrow. Uh, totally. So guys, why don't you tell people about uh, Princess Bride Minute? Uh, sure. Um, so the Princess Bride Minute, we're, um, we're covering the Princess Bride minute by minute. We're currently, um, I think we're releasing minute 70 tomorrow. Is that right? Oh, 70, wow. 69, something like that. So we're, um, we're, we're about two-thirds of the way through the movie. Um, you can find more about us at theprincessbrideminute.com. We're, of course, on iTunes and in all the places you find Android apps. And on Facebook, we, um, we get most of our work done in the Battle of Wits, which is where we um, talk about the Princess Bride even more than we already have on the podcast. Awesome. So uh, check us out. Love it. All right. And uh, you can, uh, just like uh, the Battle of the Wits, you can check us out on the Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man listener group. And uh, that's also on Facebook. And if you're not on there, you're missing out because that's, we're talking about Spider-Man basically on a daily basis over there, uh, (laughs) having lots of good discussions about Spider-Man. So go check that out to talk about the show and all things Spider-Man. And we will be avoiding uh, homecoming spoilers until... The movie's out on Blu-ray, so you don't have to worry about like walking into homecoming spoilers or something like that. Like <laughs> walking into homecoming spoilers like a sp- like a spider web you didn't see. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll be back tomorrow. What do you guys think? <laughs> All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye. I say one quick thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to talk. Yet. Not going to talk about Jay. Uh, but the 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 front of the paper it says subway crash victims. That's all I want to say. And you will hear more about that in minute 50, 58. <laughs> I love it. Okay, we right. heard enough about that in New York last week. Yeah. Oh boy.
Uh, <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. Oh, one more thing. No, no. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>